0: rather than sticking to a particular theme today, we're doing another director sampling. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Italian cult director Lucio Fulci. Um, for those that don't know, he was a rather, well, he was a rather prolific one. He worked through a wider range of, genres because I mean he was working for like five decades as a director and he did a lot of like comedies and spaghetti westerns but the thing he's most known for is uh his giallo and his horror films now I talked about giallo a long time ago uh basically they're just really stylized murder mysteries the word itself is from the Italian yellow Uh, sort of like describing something as a pulp novel But we're going to be talking about his Gates of Hell trilogy, uh, New York Ripper, and Zombie. So, I'm going to just say this with Fulci. His movies are not usually very overtly violent. There's not a lot of, like, um, graphic violence in them. It's just that they're very... It's weird. They're gory, but they're not necessarily violent. You don't see, like, people getting overtly beaten or brutalized, but when it cuts back to their body, there's just... It's usually just really mangled. Uh, I talked about Herschel Gordon Lewis having the title The Godfather of Gore. Fulci is the other person that usually gets that nickname. Um... So, I think first I'll go with New York Ripper to talk about, just because, as far as his movies, because his plots are very very freeform generally. And what I mean by that is that there's kind of this bizarre dream-like atmosphere that they all have, even if the story itself makes sense. Uh, which, admittedly, for Gates of Hell, it doesn't. But New York Ripper is the most conventional. It's basically just a giallo that has some horror aspects to it. So, we follow this sort of like burned out New York police detective. He joins forces with a psychiatrist and a, um, and a local, a young local woman in an attempt to hunt down a local serial killer who. Often harassed his victims first by making these threatening phone calls, but kind of disguised his voice to sound like, well, kind of sounds like Donald Duck, is the way that a lot of them describe him. Uh, initially, the killer's gimmick was supposed to be that he had progeria, and his changing appearance made police difficult to catch him, but... Uh, you know, progeria is that disease that makes you look, like, really, really old, even though you're young. But the original plotline would be made into a far more restrained movie called Phantom of Death by Ruggiero Deodato a lot later. Uh, for unknown, it's not really clear why Fulci was given the new updated script. Um, I think it might have just been the fact that he had uh, some more recent success. With seven notes in black, which was released in the U.S. as The Psychic, um, and Don't Torture a Duckling, both of which are actually really good Jalo movies, I would definitely recommend both of those. Um, yeah, it's a little more. This is hardly the most violent film that Fulci's done. It's definitely kind of sleazy, um, especially the way some of the like women that he attacks are kind of like menaced beforehand. Um, but yeah, if you can stomach that, you wouldn't mind watching a sort of good old fashioned, like, you know, not really noirish, but sort of stylized and kind of mean-spirited murder mystery. I definitely recommend New York Ripper. Um, sorry to anyone who lives in the UK, because I think you'll have to like import a Blu-ray because I think the British releases are still still to this day censored for it. But moving on to one of the ones that is one of his more famous ones, and kind of showcase that more expressive storytelling that I mentioned, uh, Zombie. Okay, now this is just a little bit of background, but to give you some idea, Italian like copyright law doesn't prevent you from... It doesn't prevent you from uh, marketing a movie as the sequel to another movie, even if it has no relation. So, this one's called Zombie. In Italy, it's actually called Zombie 2. Zombie 1, uh, as far as the Italians are concerned, is what we call Dawn of the Dead. The original 1978 version. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a really weird... But this one is just known in the U.S. as Zombie, so I like to basically just say it's a Romero fan sequel, and it stars uh, Ian McCullough, who is a Scottish actor who, uh, for a lot of people, primarily known for the uh, BBC, the old BBC seventies post-apocalypse series called The Survivors. Um. Uh, He's had supporting roles in films with like Richard Burton and Alec Guinness and Richard Harris, Clint Eastwood, but he's also but he's mostly known for like European genre cinema, if you want to put it that way, you know, sort of like relatively low budget exploitation films. He's joined by uh, Tisa Farrow, the sister of Mia Farrow and Al Cliver, who is a now-retired Italian actor whose real name is Pierluigi Conti. And, again, mostly known for horror and exploitation films with mostly Fulci and Jess Franco. Um, basically, the way it works, it, basically the way the plot goes is there's this derelict ship that drifts into the Hudson River, and a local reporter joins up with the daughter of the boat's owner, who's this doctor who's off studying tropical diseases. And after reviewing some of the evidence, they come to... Well, they find this, like, really ominous letter addressed to the daughter. Um, and the two of them head down to search for the island called Matul in the Caribbean. Now... This is honestly like it's honestly a really good movie in its own right. Obviously, the plot's a little weird, just because it's Fulci and he likes to have sort of free form, free flowing kind of plot. I mean, that's honestly kind of typical for Italian horror movies, but but it is really good. Um, originally, Enzo Castellari, who's another Italian director, uh, wanted was wanted to do this but he said Fulci would be the better option because Castellari up to this point was primarily known just for comedies and occasionally a Western. Uh, Fulci had actually had more experience in horror films, so he suggested that the, that they pass it to him. It's got a great score by Fabio Fritzi. Um, there's some effects that are honestly still pretty gruesome to this day, um, courtesy of Giannetta De Rossi. Who also worked with like David Lynch, Fellini, uh, Bertolucci, a lot of other uh, big, bigger directors, and scriptwriter Dardano Sacchetti has since said that the main influences for this one were, you know, Island of Doctor Moreau, uh, some older like pre-Romero zombie films like I Walked with a Zombie, Voodoo Island, The Walking Dead, not the comics obviously, but you know, an older film. And I mean, it is definitely, like, I can't really explain without spoiling it. Uh, Just go watch it. It's on Shutter if you have it, but it's a mix of, like, a voodoo-style zombie and a Romero-style zombie. Like, it's not necessarily just the recently dead, but they can still turn you if they bite you. Um, There's a particularly gruesome scene, which is one of the reasons I think this one ended up on the banned list in the UK in the 80s where a zombie is trying to like break through a door and does, and like grabs a woman's head and just sort of like drags her face into a splinter and it takes her eye out. But I think the most famous scene in this movie was, if you're wondering, this is the movie where a zombie fights a shark. (laughs) I mean, uh, there's this woman, uh, sort of scuba diving on a reef topless because it is an Italian movie (laughs) And she gets attacked by this zombie that's just down in the reef for some reason and the reef no it's sorry and the zombie ends up getting into a fight with a shark. And if you're wondering, yes, that's an actual shark and an actual stunt man. <laughs> so it's it's worth watching just for that. But, you know, I'll I'll leave every I'll leave the um evaluation of it to whoever watches it. Uh, so next, uh, moving up is the Gates of Hell trilogy, which is not so much a trilogy in the sense that the movies are linked, it's more just that they have the common, like, plot device that there's certain locations that are built over a gate to hell. So the first one is City of the Living Dead. So we have, uh, Mary and Peter, respectively a psychic and a reporter, and they team up to investigate a small town called Dunwich. Or Dunwich, I'm not sure which one And this one goes with. But Mary's part of a seance in New York City. She gets a vision of a priest, and I'm just going to go with Dunwich, hanging himself in the cemetery. She convulses, and the rest of the group just assume she's dead. And Peter investigates her death, and the two of them meet up, and Peter realizes that she's actually still alive, right as she's about to be buried. So the medium that she was working with, or a guest of, uh, warns her that according to an ancient text called the Book of Enoch, the death of this priest has weakened the seal on one of these seven gates to hell, and they have until all saints day to prevent it. Um, uh, Fulci, I think, described it as sort of an auto film, which is essentially just... Um, Otto was an old. Otto was an old, like, French theater director. Um, and he's most known for his quote, a body without organs. And that's basically a good way of, like I said, it's a good way of describing Fulci's films. Because there's the premise, and then things just kind of happen throughout. It's not, like, just nonsense, but there's not really, like, it's more like a bunch of set pieces that we just kind of go through but it feels it feels like you're watching someone's dream i think is the best way to put it especially with like the general sort of moody atmosphere sort of eerie music i mean you don't have like that classic like slasher feel to the music where it's like you know harsh distance like string pulls but it's more the kind that you... It's almost like really unsettling version of New Age music, basically. Um, all I'm going to say about it is that the ending is really, really weird, and I'm not entirely sure what was meant to be conveyed with it. Um, but yeah, it's a mix of supernatural and zombie horror in a way. Next up is The Beyond, a uh, middle entry, set down in rural Louisiana. And much like the first, it has to do with a mythical text, this time called the Book of Avon, which is more of a Lovecraft influence. And in this case, the inciting incident is a lot less dra- dramatic. There's a woman who simply inherits a hotel built over, again, one of the gates to hell. And she gets warning about the hotel's history, including the murder of an artist named Schweik, I think his name is. And it's from a blind woman named Emily. Uh, some of the famous scenes are the acid bath. Um, there's this woman who gets attacked in the morgue. And when her daughter comes in to investigate, a, vet, a little like jar full of acid just falls on her face and just dissolves it. There's a scene where a guy gets, like, a tarantula crawling all over him, so, yeah, spider warning. And again, as is common with these things, the ending is very, very weird. Um, This one actually makes sense, but I can't explain without spoiling, again, so. But it has definitely, like, those creepy moments, like, you know, she talks to her local friend about, um, you know, Emily told me this, and she's, he's like who and she's like the blind woman that lives in the old house by the crossroads and she he's like no one's lived in that house for 15 years so yeah there's there's some of the classic like horror movie stuff like that uh final entry least apocalyptic in tone and i'm honestly kind of wondering why this one gets lumped in with the gates of hell because i don't necessarily think cuz i don't really think that was ever a plot in this but Whatever. So we have the Boyle family: uh, the dad Norman, mother Lucy, and their son Bob. And they relocate from New York to a Massachusetts town called New Whitby. Now, the father is a professor of some kind, and his colleague uh, recently died under, shall we say, kind of scandalous circumstances. He said colleague had a mistress. And he killed his mistress and then hanged himself. So you know the. So you know there. He wants to carry on the research that that colleague was doing, and he moves into the eponymous house in New Whitby. Um. However, between their son's like strange behavior and his wife's odd feelings about the house, he begins to suspect foul play. In the case of his late colleague, and tied into the mystery is the death of an older occupant named Doctor Freudstein. Yes, I, yes, I'm not kidding about that. Um, it's also got a lot of those. Like Fulci had like a couple of influences here. One of them was growing up in a lar- Was him growing up in a large like country house with a creepy basement and having to a Cemetery to get it to it at some time. Uh, he also said that he was a fan of, like, Lovecraft's writings. And uh, said he wanted to write something that felt like it was in the same universe, even if it's not based on any of his stories. Um, but, again, there's also the class, some of the stuff from the beyond as well. Um, like, the kid... And I'm just going to warn you right now, the kids' dubbing is awful. But it doesn't necessarily take you out of the movie. It's kind of just something that you can, like, point and laugh at throughout the whole thing. Uh, yeah, again, like like I said, there's not a lot of, like, big things in any of these movies to talk about. It's more just, like, the atmosphere. Although this one, it's the least apocalyptic, but it's got a lot of those good classic horror movie moments. Um. Yeah, I give this one a watch. All three of the gates of hell... Actually, this whole... Every single one of these movies is on Shudder, and I think a few of them are also free with ads on, like, Tubi or Pluto TV. Um, But, yeah. I, I can recommend a lot of other movies from Fulci, like Don't Torture a Duckling, but... You know he's something of an acquired taste, so I would definitely recommend all of them, all these ones. Um, House by the Cemetery, Beyond, and Zombie are nowhere near as bad as their like video nasties reputation would would suggest. I think for two, I think for the first two, it's more just the fact that they're so plot wise, narrative wise they're so outside the structure of what most people would consider like an actual movie. So I think that might have also just put people off and it just gave them the reputation for oh they're just mindless gore and violence. They're not really. They're definitely weird. They're definitely unconventional in story, but you know, if you can if you can manage to not be bothered by that cuz I mean, I've seen some movies where it's like five minutes in, I'm like, did someone slip hallucinogens into my coffee? <laughs> but, but it, but all of Fulci's filmography to some degree is at least worth a watch. I would say. Um, you know, obviously, I want everyone to make their own opinion, but he's one of my like favorite uh, old horror directors. Uh, Sadly, he's no longer with us. He died back in 96. But, you know, his filmography lives on. It's got cult status for a reason. So, go give all of these movies a watch. And, you know, tell others what you think about them. And if you follow on, like, Twitter or Instagram, just let me know what you think about them. Alright, I'm going to call it here. And tomorrow, we're going to start our little two-parter on Halloween. And we're going to wrap up the month. And unfortunately, we, I will be going on hiatus soon after that. So for now, I'm wrapping up the show. But if you've been sticking around for, and for very long, thanks for listening. I'm signing off. Good night. <laughs>